Two nights before she was sent to the wolf, Red wore a dress the color of blood. It cast Neve's face in crimson behind her as she straightened her twin's train. The smile her sister summoned was tentative and thin. You look lovely, Red. Red's lips were raw from biting, and when she tried to return the smile, her skin pulled. Copper tasted sharp on her tongue. Neve didn't notice her bleeding. She wore white, like everyone else would tonight, the band of silver marking her as the first daughter holding back her black hair. Emotions flickered across her pale features as she fussed with the folds of Red's gown. Apprehension, anger, bone-deep sadness. Red could read each one. Always could with Neve. She'd been an easy cipher since the womb they'd shared. Finally, Neve settled on a blankly pleasant expression designed to reveal nothing at all. She picked up the half-full wine bottle on the floor, tilted it toward Red. Might as well finish it off. Red drank directly from the neck. Crimson lip paint smeared the back of her hand when she wiped her mouth. Good? Neve took back the bottle, voice bright even as she rolled it nervously in her palms. It's Medushin, a gift for the temple from Rafe's father, a little extra on top of the prayer tax for good sailing weather. Rafe filched it, said he thought the regular tax should be more than enough for pleasant seas. A half-hearted laugh, brittle and dry. He said if anything would get you through tonight, this will. Red's skirt crinkled as she sank into one of the chairs by the window, propping her head on her fist. There's not enough wine in the world for this. Neve's false mask of brightness splintered, fell. They sat in silence. You could still run, Neve whispered, lips barely moving, eyes on the empty bottle. We'll cover for you, Rafe and I. Tonight will everyone, I can't. Red said it quick, and she said it sharp, hand falling to slap against the armrest. Endless repetition had worn all the polish off her voice. Of course you can. Neve's fingers tightened on the bottle. You don't even have the mark yet, and your birthday is the day after tomorrow. Red's hand strayed to her scarlet sleeve, hiding white, unblemished skin. Every day since she turned 19, she'd checked her arms for the mark. Caldenors had come immediately after her birthday. Sayetha's halfway through her 19th year. Mara's merely days before she turned 20. Red's had yet to appear, but she was a second daughter, bound to the Wilderwood, bound to the wolf, bound to an ancient bargain. Mark or no mark, in two days she was gone. Is it the monster stories? Really, Red, those are fairy tales to frighten children no matter what the order says. Neve's voice had edges now, going from cajoling to something sharper. They're nonsense. No one has seen them in nearly 200 years. There were none before Sayetha, none before Mara but there were before Caldenor. There was no heat in Red's voice, no ice either. Neutral and expressionless. She was so tired of this fight. Yes, two damn centuries ago, a storm of monsters left the Wilderwood and terrorized the Northern Territories for 10 years until Caldenor entered and they disappeared. Monsters we have no real historical record of. Monsters that seemed to take whatever shape pleased the person telling the tale. If Red's voice had been placid autumn, Neve's was wrecking winter, all cold and jagged. But even if they were real, there's been nothing since, Red. No hint of anything coming from the forest, not for any of the other second daughters, and not for you. A pause. Words gathered from a deep place neither of them touched. 
If there were monsters in the woods, we would have seen them when we- Neve. Red sat still, eyes on the swipe of wound lord lip paint across her knuckles, but her voice knifed through the room. The plea for silence went ignored. Once you go to him, it's over. He won't let you back out. You can never leave the forest again. Not like, not like last time. I don't want to talk about that. Neutrality lost its footing, slipping into something hoarse and desperate. Please, Neve. For a moment, she thought Neve might ignore her again, might keep pushing this conversation past the careful parameters read aloud for it. Instead, she sighed eyes shining as bright as the silver in her hair. You could at least pretend, she murmured, turning to the window. You could at least pretend to care. I care. Red's fingers tensed on her knees. It just doesn't make a difference. She'd done her screaming, her railing, her rebellion. She'd done all of it, everything Neve wanted from her now, back before she turned 16. Four years ago, when everything changed, when she realized the Wilderwood was the only place for her. That feeling was mounting in her middle again, something blooming, climbing up through her bones, something growing. <laughs>